This morning we are continuing on with our worship in the Word of God. And we are going to be continuing in our series on dreaming. Dream big. Our new president this week said something in his inauguration speech. He said, think big and dream bigger. And I was excited by that phrase because that's what I believe that we have been called to do as well. To dream bigger, to see bigger, to think bigger, because that's what God has called us to. <clears throat> he, hasn't, he hasn't asked us whether we fancy doing it, whether we're thinking it might be a good idea or to discuss it, but I believe he's calling us to dream bigger. And what we have been doing is been taking the, the, the story and the passage in Joshua 6 about Joshua and the Israelites taking the city of Jericho, which was the oldest and still is the oldest, uh, longest existing city in history. And, J and Joshua took that city. And last year, we really started looking at this scripture and we knew that this was like a mirror of what God was calling us to do in a spiritual realm and in a physical realm, what God was calling us to do as a church. And so we're gonna be reading again, Joshua chapter six. And one of the things I love about reading a scripture is that sometimes you can read a scripture and you've read it a million times. You've read it for 30 years and yet you can discover something new. Some of you have probably been to Disney years ago. Who was around when Disney was here 30 years ago? Who's been a Disney? You were around. So you went to Disney 30 years ago. And when you went to Disney 30 years ago, you discovered some great things. And then 30 years later, you go into the same place and then discover something, something new. And it was always there. And you're like, no, no, that wasn't always there. And someone says, yes, that object or that ride or that thing was always there. No, 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 no. I've been here a million times. I've never seen that. That's never been there. And it has been there. It was always there. It's just we never saw it. Well, the same is true oftentimes when we're reading Scripture. We can actually see things that have always been there and that's why it's important for us to keep studying the word of God. So let's read from Joshua chapter six. Joshua chapter six, verses one to seven. Now the gates of Jericho were securely barred because of the Israelites. No one went out and no one came in. Then the Lord said to Joshua, see, I have delivered Jericho into your hands along with its king and its fighting men. March around the city once with all the armed men and do this for six days. Have seven priests carry trumpets of ram's horns in front of the ark. And on the seventh day, march around the city seven times with the priests blowing their trumpets. When you hear them sound a long blast on the trumpets, have the whole army give a loud shout. Then the wall of the city will collapse and the army will go up and everyone straight in. So Joshua, son of Nun, called the priests and said to them, take up the ark of the covenant of the Lord and have seven priests carry trumpets in front of it. And he ordered the army, advance, march around the city with an armed guard going ahead of the ark of the Lord. Everyone say, advance. Advance, advance to the dream. This morning I want to talk about advancing to the dream. Last year I got up in the middle of the night as God, I felt God woke me up in the middle of the night. Maybe it was a full moon and I just couldn't sleep. But I woke up in the middle of the night and I started reading the scripture that I knew was a scripture that God was leading us to. And this word jumped out to me. It was the word advance. Advance was, was jumping off of the page to me. 
and it went right into my spirit and I knew that's what God was calling us to do this year, to advance. And it's easy to assume that I know what this word actually means. But as I started to dig into this word, it started to show me so much more about the meaning of this word advance. So what does the meaning, or what does the, 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 the word advance actually mean? What does it mean to advance? Well, the word that was used there is a Hebrew word that basically means pass on. In fact, if you read in King James Version as you are looking at your Bible, it'll actually say pass on. And its original root meaning is to cross over. Now, I found this interesting because why would he say, hey, army, cross over? When the fact is, they had already crossed over as far as I'm concerned. They had already been in the land of just enough. Before that, they were in the land of not enough in Egypt. And then they went into the wilderness for 40 years and walked around and they were in the land of just enough. And then they decided to cross over the Jordan. And when the priests went in with the Ark of the Covenant into the middle of the Jordan, it separated. Uh, in fact, it says that the river blocked up upstream. And then they were able to walk over the Jordan without getting their feet wet. And they came over onto the other side. They had already crossed over. They were already in the land of more than enough. They were already in the promised land. And I started to wonder, what does it mean then to cross over? Why is God saying to cross over? You might be in the promised land, but the question is this, is the promised land inside of you? See, you can be in it, but it doesn't mean it's inside of you. You've heard the old phrase, you can you know, wherever you come from, let's say you come from a popka, you can take the lad out of a popka, but you can't take a popka out of the lad. You ever heard of that type of phrase before, right? Well, the fact is, we may have become, I think Christians often do this, they will get saved and they feel that they've gotten this salvation. They've had the moment of meeting Jesus and they have salvation in their heart, but the kingdom of God has, now no, has not filled up their life yet. They might be in the kingdom, but the kingdom is not really in them. When you become saved, you have to change your actions. You have to change your mindset. You have to change your thinking. The ways that you do things have to change. And if you're in the kingdom, then you have to act like you're in the kingdom. You see, when they went over and they were already in the promised land, they had to advance forward. They had to cross over into the new kingdom that God had just given them. Look at this. See, I have delivered Jericho into your hands is what God says to them. Now listen, look at this. How could he have delivered it into their hands when they didn't have it yet? How is it possible that he delivered it into their hands when they didn't have it yet? It's because of this. A dream is not a wish. It's a picture of what already is done. Let me say it again. A dream is not a picture. It's not a wish, sorry. A dream is not a wish. It's a picture of what is already done. What he's saying right here is, I have delivered Jericho into your hands. It's already done is what God is saying. How is that possible? Well, it's a little bit like this. I believe it's a bit like when something is in you or it's given to you, it's in your realm and it's in your power, but you actually haven't received it. You haven't touched it yet. Now listen, when I was a child, when I, in, uh, in, uh, now in, in America, when, when the mail comes to your house, you have this post at the end of your driveway, right? And you have a little box on the top of it and the guy comes along in his little car, his little funny little white Jeep or whatever it is. And then he, he, he pulls down your little flap and then he sticks in some post right in his mail right in there, puts the flap up again and then drives off. 
But when I was growing up, it was a little different. And in Britain, it, our post is like where you have your door and you have a little letter box, right? You have a little long letter box and they open the flap and then they stick it through the letter box. And if you're unlucky enough to have a dog, your letters are all gonna get chewed up, right? Have you ever had that before? Your dog gets a hold of your, like, your newspaper and chews it up and you're like, well, that was a waste of money. Well, if you ever had a dog and what people used to do is put little cages on the other side of their door to catch their mail so their dogs couldn't get to it. Well, think of me as the family dog, right? <clears throat> Very easy to do that, right? And so <clears throat> what happened in Britain is when I was growing up, the, the mailman, and we call him the postman, um, we, people were much more uh, maybe interactive as a community, I think. And, and he would come down the street and he'd have a big bag over his shoulder and have all the, the, the mail in the bag. And he would open up our front door and then he would walk into the foyer of our house and there'd be maybe like a credenza or something. And then he would take the letters and put it on the credenza to put it on the small table. And he would shout, post, like that. And of course, so watch this, right? Okay, so he comes down, he knocks on the door, opens up the door, walks in, puts it on top of the credenza and goes, post. Now, I'm up in my bedroom. There's five-year-old Peter, right? And I'm up there like a dog. <laughs> I hear the post. I'm like, I'm going to go nuts. And I go running down. You go running down the stairs, running down the stairs, get to the credenza, take the letters. And for some reason, I used to look to see if there was anything for me, right? There was never anything for me, right? <laughs> Which is good because they're all bills, right? And you're like, dad, dad, dad dad okay and then I take it over to my dad and I give it to my dad and that was it right so I was the family dog that would fetch the mail from my family right but I want you to think about it in this way when the mailman had taken the post or the letters and brought it into the house and then laid it there was his job done yes or no it was done he didn't go hey the post is here do you want the post? Do you, would you like this post? Do you want to read the mail? I've got the mail right here. Does anyone want it? I'll, I'll be right here waiting. Do you need it? I'll, yeah, I'll tell you what, I'll bring it to you. He didn't come in and walk up the stairs and then knock on the door when my dad was still in bed, open it up and go, here's your mail. Let me open it up for you. Yep, yep, and I'll unfurl the mail and go, do you want me to read it to you? And start reading it to you. Listen, God is not about to do everything for us. He's going to deliver it to us. He's not going to do all the work that is my job to do. This is my house. This is my home. I'm meant to come down the stairs and receive it and take it and open it up and do something with it. It's not God's job to do that part, but God has delivered it already into my hands. As soon as the mailman has put that mail on top of the credenza and he walks away, his job is done. Hello? God's job is already done with whatever He has called you to, meaning He has already made it happen. Look at this in Isaiah verse 46 and 10. He says, I make known the end from the beginning, from ancient times that is still to come. That means He has already decided what the end is and what He wants you to do, what He's called you to do. He's already made it happen. So let's look at it like this. He said, I'm giving Jericho into your hands. So let's say Jericho's over here. So God is in Jericho. He has decided to pull the thing apart. He's gonna flatten it for you to be able to come and take in it. He has already created it and put it in place. And then He backs up. Hello? He's backing up all the way to you. He's backing up in time. He's backing up in space. He's backing up in geography. He's backing up to the level where you're at. And then he says, son, that's yours. Go take it. I've already created it. 
I've already delivered it. It belongs to you. Go take it. Now, what we can do is sometimes go, but God, I, just, I don't know. I, I made a lot of mistakes back here. And I, I don't know if I can, you know, that whole, that whole wilderness thing of tripping over things and stumbling over things. And I, I don't know if I've got the skills or the ability to do it. I don't know if I can make this happen. And God is going, whoa, 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 whoa. I already made it happen. It's over here. Go get it. It's in the future. It's in time. And now I'm rewinding back to where you're at and go, go get it. I already created it. You see, God said he has delivered these things into your hand. If they exist, they already are there. Your dream, therefore, is the sight of the end. Hello. Your dreams are the sight of the end of something that already exists in God. Number two, if advance is to cross over, advance is also to make a move. And when I looked into this word, it said this, it says to pass on, which means to cross over, to transition. And then it says specifically to cover, in brackets, in copulation. Now, some of you that are old enough to understand what the meaning of that word is, you're going to go, what? Hello? Like that. The other word that we would commonly use is intercourse, right? And that's the last time you ever want to hear me say intercourse on the stage, right? (laughs) Let me say it again, intercourse, right? I mean, make it embarrassing for your children. Intercourse, eh? 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 Intercourse basically means to make a move. Now, let me tell you this. When you're about to get busy with the whizzy and get it on in the evening at any given time that you usually do that particular thing, right? All it takes is one move. That's all it takes, right? All it takes. I don't know what dance you do, but all it takes is one move. Sometimes it's only one little look. It's maybe a raising of the eyebrows. It's like, eh? <laughs> You're learning a lot today, aren't you? Eh? 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 It takes one move, one touch. <laughs> I was sharing this in a group the other day and uh, someone said, I've got a friend. And you know when people say, I've got a friend, you're like, yeah, you've got a friend, right? I'm sure you're the friend. And he goes, I've got a friend who's got a pillow. And on one side it says tonight and on the other side it says not tonight. And I'm like, man, that's a business right there. Someone can make money right now. Someone start sewing right now. We could sell a lot of these things. <laughs> but when it comes to the, the whole copulation thing, right, it only takes one move. Now, maybe your move might not be successful. Maybe your move, maybe, you know, when, 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 when this type of thing happens, you don't go, um, okay, so let's schedule this. What time do you want to meet up? Is it about nine o'clock at night? Should I be here early? Uh, do you want me to be dressed in any particular way? Do I need to be prepared in any particular way? You don't make a schedule. You don't try and plan things out necessarily to try and make this happen. Well, maybe you do. I don't know. That's kind of weirdo stuff. I don't really want to get any, no, any more. Okay, so what you do is you just make a move. When it comes upon you, the Spirit comes upon upon you, right? You make a move towards it. And there's a reason why God allowed Joshua to use this word. He said, go forth and make it happen. I'll tell you why. Because nothing is birthed without a move made first. Nothing is birthed without a move made first. When God said to Abraham, he was looking around the earth going, who's holy? Who's righteous? I need someone that I can use who will carry the vision of a holy nation. Who can I use? Abraham, he's righteous. Listen to this. He didn't look for a young guy. 
He didn't look for a guy who was super wealthy and had lots of influence in his culture or society. He didn't even look for someone who was fertile or fruitful. He looked for someone who was saying, yes, Lord. He was looking for someone who had righteousness inside of him to say, I want to be right with God. I wanna walk with God and I wanna do the things of God. He was looking for righteousness, which is why it said that he attributed uh, 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 the faith of Abraham as righteousness. He attributed it to him as righteousness. He was in right standing because he was choosing to take steps of faith. It's not about how great you are, how cool you are, how rich you are, how educated you are. It's about saying, yes, Lord, I will take a step of faith. Making a move towards the things of God is just about taking a step of faith. We move by what? Faith and not by? We move by faith and not by sight. These things are done not because we know what we're doing or because we see everything, but because we're moving because God has called us to do this. And when Abraham was obedient to God, he birthed a holy nation. Let's move to our third and final point here. To advance is to become. To advance is to become. Joshua 6.2 says, See, I have delivered Jericho into your, what does that word say? What does it say? Hands. Hands are always symbolic of what? Work. When you put your hands to work and your hearts to God, is an old, um, an old phrase from the, the Quakers. They say, hands to work and hearts to God. Hands are always symbolic of work. And when you look at what the word work means, I decided to look at the word work in the Old Testament and it's a lot to do with toil. But as soon as it came to Jesus and he started using the word work, I looked up all the times he used the word work. He used a different word. He used this this, uh, Greek word that means to become. And I love that word. That's something that just came alive to me, to become that which God has already designed you to be, to advance forward, to become the thing that God has called you to be. And in John chapter four, verse 14, uh, Jesus was, uh, with, was, was walking through Samaria, which was the kind of the hated part of the country that the Jews didn't really want to mix with the Samarians. And as he was walking through there with his disciples, he, he knew he had to speak to someone and he told his disciples, his 12 guys, go get some food. Now he sent, listen to that, he sent 12 guys to go get a loaf of bread. Why would you, some of you probably think it takes 12 guys to go get a loaf of bread, right? But he said, hey guys, go get a loaf of bread. He sent 12 guys to get a loaf of bread. Why? Because he had an agenda. He had a job. He had a work to do and he knew he had to speak to someone. And when he spoke to this woman who wasn't just beneath men, she was beneath all other women because she was collecting water in the hottest part of the day when no woman was out collecting water in the middle of the day. And she had five different husbands. She was probably reviled in her culture. And Jesus wanted to speak to her because he knew that there was a vision inside of her that would bring salvation salvation to her village. And she was the one who opened up the whole door to her village to Jesus. And then when he he had spoken to her, later on his disciples came back and said, hey Jesus, we've got some bread for you. Are you hungry? And he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to finish his work, to finish what he wants me to become, to finish what he wants me to become. What has God called you to become? God has planted something inside of you that you must become and it's your job to manifest it. 
Maybe God has called you to be a mother. You need to manifest it, take a step towards it. Maybe He's called you to be in a holy marriage, take a step towards it. Maybe He's called you to be a pastor, a missionary, a cell group leader, take a step towards it. It doesn't mean you get to control or understand how everything's going to work. But if he has put it inside of you, he said it already exists. Take a step towards it, advance towards it. Maybe God has told you that he wants you to be in politics, to be a business person, to be a community leader, to change this culture. You must take a step towards it. Listen, to become is to live up to your design, what God has already planted inside of you. Because a dream is a picture of your purpose, your design, your work, the Father's will. When I was a child, about nine years old, I'll never never forget, lying in my bed at night, and I used to dream of actually speaking and preaching. And of course, I'm a pastor's kid, and by the time I became a teenager, I told God, over my dead body, will I ever become a preacher or a pastor? I didn't want to do it. I I, I just didn't want to do it. But God had already planted it inside of me. See, sometimes God can plant things inside of you. He knows you're gonna reject, but he's not asking for your opinion on this. He has a plan and a purpose for you that he's already predestined before the foundation of the world is what the Bible says. He knew you before you were born. He had a design for you that you're gonna live up to. He has called you to do that thing. And as I went through a breaking, I had to embrace on, I had to start to embrace it. I had to become it because God had already planted it inside of myself. Listen, I believe that we are called and we're called to become in order to be fulfilled with a purpose because to become is to be fulfilled with a purpose, which is where I think that people get confused in their jobs. They think that their job is their calling. They think their job is what they're meant to do. Your job is not what you're meant to do. Your calling, your purpose, your design is what you're meant to become. You can get fired from your job. You can't get fired from your purpose. You can't get fired from your calling. You can't get fired from your design. You might lose your job today, but there is no person on earth that can take what God has called you to do. If that job gets taken away from you, so what? Your boss is God. Move on to what God has called you to do. Maybe it's better that your boss had fired you because you're not meant to be in that position. It's easy to get confused with, well, this pays my bills and this is my security right now, but you're not following your purpose. You're not following your your calling in life. You're only paying your bills. That's not what God's called you to do. That's normal stuff for Christian. God has called you to greater stuff. Paying your, stuff, paying your bills is something that is a responsibility that every person should do. But you're a child of God. God has called you to something greater. Hello. God has called you to something greater. So let go of your job. Allow yourself to be fired because God will never fire you from your purpose. That's the design he has put inside of you. Thanks be to God. There's a really cool scripture. A really cool scripture as we are going to be ending this morning. Jesus said, we do greater works than him. Truly, truly, I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do because I go to the Father. He said, greater. Listen, I would have been satisfied with multiplying the fish and the loaves, right? Because then I wouldn't go hungry, right? I'd always be able to multiply whatever I want. I'd be happy to do just half the miracles of what Jesus did. 
But no, he said we do greater. Now, why did he say we do greater? Here's the reason why. Now, listen very carefully here. I believe that Americans have a weakness in their country and their culture. Let me tell you what it is. You're not a kingdom. Americans are not a kingdom. I come from a kingdom where I have a monarch, I have a queen. And even though the prime ministers may come and go, we have the same queen. And in the old days, it used to be that a king and a queen would decide what is gonna happen in the culture is what's gonna decide. So if they decided that we're gonna conquer a land, we conquered a land. If they decided that we were going to drink tea in the middle of the afternoon, that's what we did. It's a kingdom mindset. Now, the one thing I do believe that America does have that we don't have in Britain is this. You have the revelation of faith, taking a step of faith. Why? Because that's how this country was born. You have the step of faith, but I come from the revelation of a kingdom. And what we have to do as Christians is combine our step of faith with the revelation of what a kingdom is, which is why I love Jamaicans. We got any Jamaicans today? We got a few, Yaman. <clears throat> See, speak your language already. That's what we just feel connect, right? You know why? Because every time I start speaking with Jamaicans, I always find that they start speaking things that I get and I understand. Why? Because it's from my culture. You see, Scotland was in the British Empire and Jamaica was in the British Empire. The foods that they eat, the things that they do, the way that they think, the way that they, they consume uh, uh, their culture, the way they drink tea, the way that they do things during the day, their education, the certain words that they use is very familiar to me. And even though they are thousands of miles away from Scotland, something connects us. It's the kingdom that covers us. Listen, once you step into the kingdom, hello, God has already planned the stuff out for you and he's planned out every connection that you're gonna need on the way to get to that thing. Why? Because you're gonna be speaking their language, you're already gonna be in their mindset even though you've never met them before. That's the way that God has designed us. Your dream is only a picture of the thing that God has already made happen. Thanks be to God. As we end today, this is our small group questions for this week. I want you to share your dream about what you believe that God has planted in your heart. Then I want you to confess and tell each other, here's the next step I think God's telling me to do. And if you don't know it, pray about it, get them to pray with you, God will reveal to you. And then the last question I want, to, I, I want you to answer is this, are you gonna do it? Because not doing it is not an option. Not doing it is delaying it. And if you delay it and you don't do what God has called you to do, you're gonna go back to the land of just enough and you're gonna die there. Because that's what people did. A whole generation died in the land of just surviving. As for me and my house, I wanna move on to what God has called us to do. I want to advance forward. I want to cross over. I want to take hold of it. I want to make a move on this thing. I want to take hold of it and become the thing that God has called us to be. Let's stand as we end this morning. Father, we want to thank you that you've called us to greater things. I said, greater things. You've called us to greater things. You have called us to greater things. May it be stirred up in your spirit in the name of Jesus. May that vision and that dream that was planted in you as a child, or even if it was just a year ago, may it spring up and 
fired up again one in the name of Jesus inside of you. The things that you had seen yourself do that you've let go of just because you wandered a while in some barren place doesn't mean that that dream was never planted by God. It still exists. It's still there. It's waiting for you. Father, I, I pray in the name of Jesus that you would allow those dreams to come to pass as we start to advance, 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 advance according to what you have called us to do. Advance to what you've already designed us to be. Advance to the thing that you've already made come to pass. May God bless you and keep you and make His face shine upon you.